Fisher Cast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira. And I'm Des. And uh, we have our season four finale here, and we're joined by uh, potential cast zone, Kim. What do you say, Kim? Can I be Paul Bearer, Kim? <laughs> I could have said Redemption Cast Zone, Kim, but. But I wanted to be all Six Feet Under y. Oh, wait, yeah, you're an Undertaker, right? <laughs> Can I be a pallbearer? You want to be a pallbearer? There's Undertakers, and there's, um, wait, wait, you're a funeral director. Aren't you the funeral director? Well, I am. I'm just saying every, every person that's seen the show before gets to be a funeral Does director. Does a pallbearer pour drinks, Kim? Because if so, then yeah, you can be a pallbearer yeah, for sure. Your job I think Robin really needs one. <laughs> <laughs> This is my third podcast today, and I'm recording through my iPod headphones, and I'm so happy to do it. Oh, he put us last night. See, this is, you know, really, you shouldn't have gone there, Robin. Really? Should not have gone there. Just in case, I'm just worried that the quality is not going to be as good. He's well, not, he's missing, he's missing the tone, isn't he, Des? Yes, Robin. <laughs> Robin, we're women. It's all about us, okay? Oh. It's all about us. Not your other podcast, it's all about us. Okay. We don't want to hear about your other podcast. Well, mm-hmm. um, enough about me. How are you ladies been doing? <laughs> ladies. <That's> better. <laughs> I swam in my pool for the first time today. Yay! Nice. Now, are you recording poolside like uh, Roger Persuasi? No, unfortunately, I was just sipping poolside, but I wasn't quite organized enough to get this all set up out in the back in time. So, no, my usual elaborate studio. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I mean, Des was recording Oceanside a la Lisa. I figured he'd be like Roger, or excuse me, the squeeze, as I like to call him. Maybe I can have that set up for the next time we record. That'd be awesome. I'd be able to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I could splash my feet in the water occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, glad you're here, Ken. And uh, we we will get moving on our finale. But um, definitely very, very excited. It has been one whole year that Fisher Cast has been recording. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. So That's awesome. This is fifth- old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our 51st episode. We found out earlier in Redemption Cast that we only recorded 16 episodes in almost a year. So uh, I, I say, it's a, <laughs> say it's a major feat. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little more prolific, I guess. <laughs> well, you don't have to watch another show in between. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We didn't exactly. do the Six Feet Under spinoff, uh, Five Feet Above. <laughs> no. No. God. Yeah. That one's just wacky. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on to the Darwin Awards, and this takes place in South Korea on, in August of 2010. And this is going to be a um, kind of a uh, audio video version of it because, uh, folks, I am right now, and this is probably going to be two days before. Um, and you've already seen this, maybe, or maybe you just haven't had a reason to go to the Fisher Cast Group, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you the Darwin Award winner for our episode is now in being posted in the Fisher Cast Group. It is a video, and I will summarize what happens in the video, 
And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to watch it on mute while I'm talking about it, uh, go right ahead. Um, it's uh, an angry handicapped man, annoyed that an elevator departed without him, thinks it's over before ramming his wheelchair into the doors <laughs> once, <laughs> twice, three times in a row. Success and failure combined as he gained access to the elevator and plunged down the rabbit hole to his death. <gasps> Stress no. kills, gravity <laughs> kills as well. The tragic downfall of this rash rammer provides a vivid example of natural selection in action. However, natural selection just got a check. Authorities trace the problem not to the angry wheelchair guy, but to um, elevator doors that cannot withstand a large impact. Safety regulations have been strengthened since then to prevent accidents, quote-unquote, such as might happen to children and drunks. <laughs> children and or drunks. Yes. <laughs> like that. Uh, I just watched it. I've seen that before, that uh, clip. Crazy. But I didn't realize the fellow died. Yeah. God. Yeah. Wow. That's actually footage from a security camera. Uh, if you try to, to imagine that the person died, it might be fun to watch. But then again, <laughs> I don't yep. know, it might be fun to watch if you imagine the person died. <laughs> if you know the person died. So uh, with that, let's uh, move. We're just going to book right along here to our first break. This is uh, from tuning in to Sci-Fi TV. So Ghost Infected Frank, he passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse? Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person. Oh man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, Nutloaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get visions. Walter, what are you doing? What you learn? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? And we're back. And we're in the segment <laughs> Open Casket Viewing. Moira's going to get us started <laughs> off here. I am indeed. All right. Season 4, Episode 12, the season finale. Uh, titled, interestingly enough, Untitled. <laughs> hmm. Claire's instant fame goes to her head. No kidding. Ugh. Vanessa delivers an ultimatum to Rico. What? Hmm. George's apocalyptic visions take a toll on his sanity. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> David comes face to face with a demon. Keith receives a business proposition from an unlikely source. <laughs> After receiving some shocking information about Lisa, Nate travels to her sister's home. Nate returns home with a very important question for Brenda. Wow, um, that. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say half of that was inaccurate. <laughs> yep. Or just 
Mm, really like, poor choice of words. Veiled. <laughs> yeah, also yeah. Madam isn't exactly the word for it. Written by Nancy Oliver, and as usual, because it's a season finale, directed by Alan Ball. Yay! And Yay. Uh, Alan Ball did do the commentary for this, Ooh. in which he immediately spoils season five right off the bat, <laughs> so don't listen to it if you're a newbie. <laughs> It's wow. just like, I, I think back then they were like releasing DVDs, you know, while the ne- next season was going on or being made. Mm-hmm. And he just, they just kind of assume that you've already s- seen further on. Like, oh, well, just last week we aired the episode where blah, 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 blah. So they already know about it. So I can just talk about it freely on the commentary for the the previous season where it's like, <laughs> it just takes the joy away of like people who want, who really enjoy a season and want to move on to the next season, but they want to watch all the extras first. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. listen to the commentary, and it. Uh, so I listen to it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I will be interjecting with certain things. For instance, uh, this episode received Emmy nominations um, for outstanding art direction and cinematography. So it did look great. Yeah, mm-hmm. when Claire was all hopped up <laughs> with the with the handheld uh, yeah. or Steadicam. And it was really vibrant. I was like, oh, that's very pretty. Absolutely. That, you know, and not, not to skip all the way that scene, but since you're talking about it, I mean, the, the, um, they, Alan Ball said that basically they planned it so, you know, in, in the editing and in the film work, like the higher she got, the more crazy it mm-hmm. was to watch her. But uh, we start off here with uh, four people in an elevator, and panic is rising, especially with this younger dude. Um, (laughs) They uh, try to pry the door open. They get it open. This is the worst. I hate whenever I see this in movies and TV (laughs) because I know that someone's going to get chopped in half, and it freaks me out so bad. Elevators now freak me out. I can't, you know, from all the TV shows that do this crap. I hate it. Why would anybody do that? Have you ever been stuck in an elevator? No. Me neither. And if I do, I'm not going anywhere near the doors no. because no. of. Ugh. Exactly. I've, been, I've been stuck in an elevator before, but it was a two-story um, oh. building, and I was just <laughs> feeling lazy that day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was at the uh, it was at the high school. It was like the janitor's elevator, and I'd come in <laughs> on the ground floor, and I was and and the elevator actually opens up right next door to the computer lab I worked in. So it was kind of like my little bat cave <laughs> elevator, you know. And uh, yeah, I didn't really use it much after that. I just got stuck in there. I was like, son of a bitch. How long were you stuck? It was close to an hour. Oh. oh god, that would kill. I would, uh, I would yeah. go crazy, but I would not try to climb out the doors. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Here's what I've always wondered: Is it really true that you can pry them open and they'll actually come open, and you can, no. you know, slip out? Like, is any of that real, or is that all just TV? I couldn't because, and and I knew I'd be safe because it was still on the ground floor. It hadn't gone up yet, and I it, it would just it, the doors just shut and the power went down. Oh. And, and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, because really, you're not going to die there. Someone's going to find die. you. It's not actually airproof. You know, you're going to yeah. breathe. Oh, yeah. So it, it just bothered me because they're like, we've been stuck in here for like 45 minutes. We'll try again to pry it open. And in like three seconds, it opens like automatically. <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they just happen to be in between floors where they can get out and. Mm-hmm. But the other thing about elevator doors is that they normally have a, a fail safe whereby, you know, when you stick your hand in them, 
they don't close. They open again. So I, then they don't always cooperate, though. Um, I think Skylar had just saw a news story where someone had like lost their arm because the elevator oh, doors wow. actually didn't open like they were supposed to. Wow. Yeah, she told me about that. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> you know, poor Desiree, because her biggest hang-up is amputations of any kind. So having somebody literally <laughs> sliced too. in two must have been a bit... It was the trying. worst! <laughs> I, I was thinking it was a pretty clean cut when we see the cadaver later. I thought, wow, <laughs> that looks surgical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Ball actually la- chuckled about the, the scene where you kind of... the the. The, the shot where you see like just the legs and mm-hmm. you see the elevator and he said we had to cut that down because uh, uh, you actually saw in the shot a guy's hand sticking up shooting ketchup out to make <laughs> the effect. <laughs> oh, God. So, anything more to add for the elevator scene? Gross. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright, so in the uh, next scene we have George and Ruth happily sleeping when World War Three hits. <laughs> Oh, my God. I knew right away it was a dream. Did you? Because I did not. I I got suckered. Usually you get suckered and I don't. This time, other way around. No, because, I mean, seriously, something like that's going to happen. How convenient would it be that something happened that they need to use the bomb salter that he's all excited about? (laughs) So I knew it had to be a dream. When he woke up up from the noise, I I actually just thought somebody threw a rock through their window. Maybe one of his wayward children or something. I don't know. (laughs) But when he goes downstairs and everything's everywhere, then I, yeah, yeah, that's when I, maybe. It was like an explosion, though, not just a rock through the window. And then did you hear air raid sirens going off? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I was like, give me a break. It's George's wet dream. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why he was paddling in his sleep? Yeah, he woke up with quite chubby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so George goes downstairs and the house is completely destroyed. And Alan Ball says that the, the crew really loved trashing the set for this this episode. So, <laughs> And uh, yeah, there's trees through the house and mm-hmm. uh, there's a mysterious woman in turquoise calling for George. I was wondering if it was like an ex-wife or something, but I guess that's where my brain went too. I thought, oh, is this yeah. the first wife and somebody he murdered? That's that's yeah. actually <laughs> where I was headed. Me too. <laughs> so um, that's your I that's it was your like thoughts? a mashup of all six. Well, of them. because you know, from the beginning, I've been thinking he's a murdering menace, but of course, this episode now has completely switched my. <laughs> Yeah. Switch my theory about George, so we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, I thought, yeah, I thought it might have been an ex-wife, but the fact that her face always remains in shadow the whole time, I think maybe it's not just, you know, not supposed to be like a certain ex-wife or anything, but just some kind of, um, like Kim was saying, a, a mashup of, of the ex-wives or something. Well, and I was thinking, oh, it's all going to come out now. We're going to finally get his backstory and find out what evil deeds he did. Which mm-hmm. we do get his backstory, but it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> no, but so. you know what? We inadvertently spoiled ourselves with Steph's uh, email, and Robin wasn't there to guide us with that. <laughs> I just didn't remember how, how dead on uh, uh, Steph was in that. I mean, he's, he's not exactly diagnosed in this episode, but I, I think Steph mm-hmm. is pretty close to it, right? <laughs> Clearly, yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what did um, she say yeah. in her email? Said he was well, schizophrenic. 
Yeah, and, and the email, the subject line said untitled. We should have known better, but, you know, <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that was the actual name of the episode, so <laughs> until I checked on it. <laughs> so George asks her what she did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, then she turns him into a real boy because she's the blue fairy. <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ruth wakes him up, and uh, yeah, he was whimpering and paddling with his feet. <laughs> like a little puppy. Rico wakes up in his bedroom, and uh, he's looking pretty pathetic. No, wait, one point there. Sorry, mm. go back for a sec. Notice so, he lies to her and pretends that he doesn't remember what was going on, but clearly he does. Oh, yeah. There, there's right. another clue, you know? That's when I'm getting very suspicious of. It was such a good dream. He didn't want to tell her about it because she might get jealous. <laughs> she might get jealous about his true love. Um, <laughs> you know, huge nuclear disaster. Or he the harbinger. <laughs> yeah, the harbinger <laughs> of pestilence. <laughs> oh, God, George. There's nothing much else to note here in this Rico scene except for the room is completely bare, which kind of... Cl- you know, ties into the end of the episode. Um, yeah, because of course he thinks he's going to go home because, yeah. you know, he's Rico and, you know, he thinks, oh, everything will be wonderful. I adore Rico. He's Ugh. one of my favorites. <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> jokingly? Or there's not much of the Rico, uh, you know. I, I like Rico. Love here. Yeah. Okay. I, I I was thinking in the scene later where he's talking to Vanessa, I was just looking at his face and I'm going, wow, he looks so young. Mm. You know, he looked like a baby. Like, he mm. could have passed as a teenager in that scene because Should've. he just had a little baby face. Because I, I cannot stand Vanessa. Okay. I hate her with a fiery passion. So I think even though Rico has done some not so stellar things, I'm like, give him a pass because he's got to go home to Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) But he's such a jerk. And, you know, not just not just the shit with Vanessa, but the way he treats the fishers and everything like like he's entitled to everything because he works there and everything. That drives me crazy. I mean, maybe it's Vanessa's fault for being such Hmm. a bitch of a wife. But still, you know, Rico's a dick. That's how I feel about it. One thing that we can actually be thankful for Rico's uh, hooker plot line this season is that we didn't <laughs> see a lot of him just being an asshole to everybody around him. Yeah. And yeah. We, they kind of uh, dropped that this season yeah. for the most part. Yeah. On to Kim's real favorite character, Claire. Oh, my Lord. Claire's uh-huh. calling friends to show up at her gallery opening. She's smoking some weed. Does any, some- time out before you go on. Does anybody like Claire? I used to. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I, I used to like her and I used to wish her well and hope she would do well with her art and find herself and blah, 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 blah. But lately, she's just self-absorbed and druggy and mm-hmm. and uh, harsh. But you know what? So are her friends. I was sitting there, like the scenes between her and Anita, I was like, these people <laughs> are both so fucking self-absorbed that they cannot, you know, it can't be about anybody else but them. Like, you know, just the, like the argument they were having and everything, it was all me, 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 no, me, 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 no, me, 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 no, me, me, me. And I just <laughs> wanted to punch them mm-hmm. both in the face. This well, it's interesting because, you know, we open up on this scene. What's Claire doing? She's trying to invite Edie to her show. And I'm yeah. thinking, Claire, just let it go. Edie's made it really clear that you, she felt mm-hmm. hurt by you, justifiably or not. We won't get into that again. But she did. So just let it go. Like, mm-hmm. give her her space. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Robin. 
No, it's okay. Um, another argument we've gotten into quite a bit is the whole is Russell what? How much is Russell owed? I, I'd like to hear what Kim thinks about this. Well, it's I'm truly biased because I cannot stand Claire, <laughs> <laughs> but but she has to admit that he he was part of what is making her so popular right now mm-hmm. and what is giving her notoriety and for her to be like it is 110% completely my idea you just happen to be there right i'm yeah. like shut the hell up <laughs> yeah i think we i think we all agree with that that the the germ of the idea started with their in their interaction and yeah she it would have been kind of her to just credit him with that much. Yeah, just kind of a mention, you know, in class or whatever. I mean, she once she mentions it once, she doesn't have to go yeah. on all the time about how Russell gave her the idea. Yeah. You know, just at least once to mm-hmm. to say that. But yeah, she I mean, she took it, he he gave her the idea, but she took the idea and she changed it and made it better and everything. Yeah. So I mean, it's not completely, you know, hit, credit to him, but mm-hmm. he did give her the idea. But exactly. If she had just acknowledged it, and then there wouldn't be this like it was my idea. No, it was my idea. Like if she mm. had just right at the, from the get just said, "Yeah, you were part of it." Thank you. And I think yeah, if she'd <laughs> even done it just amongst the classmates, that probably yeah. would have exactly. been enough for him. Yeah, I I agree completely. Well, Anita's sick of it, and she actually dumped Russell. And. Uh, <laughs> Well, clearly, I mean, even Anita's got to notice that Russell is still crazy stalker over Claire. I mean, it's so obvious that, you know, I mean, Anita has to know. She probably just decided she'd had enough. I mean, because she she had to know from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She she brought cocaine to uh, get started with Claire. It's like, boom, Claire has a drug problem. This came out of nowhere, and we're just going to go with it. Really? That's what it was like. Drugs for a while now. Well, that's what we mean, the last few episodes. Yeah. It came on, what, two episodes ago? And now it's all over the place. We had this discussion on one of the episodes a couple ago where it felt like, you know, casual drug use, no problem. And then all of a sudden, bam, she's got a problem. (laughs) And then she wants to try every single thing under the sun. Oh, Coke, haven't done that yet. Ooh, love it. (laughs) Weird. Alan Ball said that they've actually won awards. The show has won awards for uh, depicting responsible use of drugs in the show. And it's particularly um, uh, because of the uh, Gabe's brother thing. Like Gabe was in the other room getting high and not watching his brother. His brother shot himself. And so it shows that pot's bad. Uh, (laughs) um, Give me a break. He says in this scene, he's like, I like to kind of show both sides of the argument. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I don't understand how you can be a responsible coke user, but sure, why not? No, no. He's saying that, you know, you know, sometimes the drugs are like whatever, like the, you know, terror starts at home, that that episode. They're just... Mm -hmm. You know, goofy, and it leads to a funny Fisher dinner. But then, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, the coke's coming out, and things are. She's just. It's turning her into an even worse. Like I hate new Claire. I really hate coked up Claire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, we'll get get to that. Um, yeah. So Claire's excited about uh, meeting some celebrity, quote unquote, who wants to <laughs> buy her art. 
we'll get to that too. It's funny for a minute there. I thought it might end up being Celeste, which would have been amusing. Uh-huh. That would have been <laughs> yes. Oh wow, that would have been great. Yeah, kind of would have been. I kind of miss Celeste too. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda uh, colors with Maya, and Nate's pacing around, panicking, and he's upset at Brenda for not taking things seriously. And it, probably because Maya is not hers and he, she doesn't understand. And Brenda suggests some therapy and uh, then tells him to uh, give the book that he, uh, he's had laying around to David finally. <laughs> Did anyone find hers. Nate a little bit annoying in this episode? <laughs> yeah, he's been um, a little bit annoying been, lately. We've been finding Nate annoying for the entire season. <laughs> Right I, for me, it's right up to a certain point in the episode. Yeah. Then I'm yeah, like, yeah, rooting yeah. for Nate. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So in the next scene, uh, we have David pointing Jake out in a lineup, and we have this really sinister mm. close-up of Jake. Um. And the uh, by the way, Alan Ball says the detective standing behind David and during that scene is actually a guy named uh, Matt Hannigan, and he is Nate's stand-in. And all, all his scenes where he doesn't need to be there, just needs to show the back of Nate. This guy, Matt Hannigan, stops, steps in and plays Nate. Hmm. So, hmm. Um, And yeah, David's still replaying this as he's laying in bed. And uh, he's saying he wants to move on. Keith thinks he can, um, but David says he's just stuck. Keith tells him he should visit Jake in jail. David says, that's going to be self-destructive. <laughs> how, would you, how dare you? Not necessarily. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, thank you, Keith. That's an excellent suggestion. <laughs> Keith has become like the level-headed one, you know, mm-hmm. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> As amongst all of our Fisher potential vote fours, <laughs> he is the most sensible right now. Yeah. Um Maggie's coming to town during a layover. This is George's daughter. <laughs> George is very excited and, and and gets Ruth all excited by uh, inviting her to go to lunch with him and her. Maggie's a pharmaceutical rep. She's just kind of like, you know, during a layover, um, she's going to Hawaii. She stopped in L.A. So. Um, I thought that was a great scene. Yeah. I thought it was fantabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited wondering what the Maggie would be like and what we would find out because of it. Uh Uh-huh. She just had this look like, are you okay? Like, like, (laughs) they didn't really get into details, but what they weren't saying was more intriguing than what they were saying. Yeah, because they kind of open up on Francis Conroy and he's in the background talking to Maggie and she's just got this look like annoyed and then curious and then <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yeah, she's great um so uh kenneth's ex-wife kenneth the guy who um was torn apart uh, <laughs> his ex-wife is surprised that she was still in his uh pre-need and uh rico thinks that he still loved her and uh nate is pissed that she won't take responsibility and then he tells her how she died and she pukes on the floor. <laughs> Good job, Nate. Way to be an asshole. I just love that all these intake scenes, every single one of them, I swear, it is the character, our characters working through their own shit mm-hmm. on these, you know, 
people that are guesting or whatever. It's just always <laughs> funny. That, that kid giving the eulogy yeah. was just like, whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the embalming room, we actually see the body. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for <laughs> giving me nightmares, you bastards. Ellen Ball. It made me quite a laugh because um, David's got shears of some kind and he's trimming up the entrails, you know, <laughs> to make it more tidy, like a piece of sewing. Um, see, God. I, didn't look, I didn't look closely. I just saw it was, you know, what it was. And I was like, okay, not looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alan Ball says in the commentary that they went kind of nuts with this uh, body, <laughs> that they made that sucker so much gorier that it really is on on the screen here. And he had to actually intervene and say, uh, less is more, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. serious stuff was just kind of like falling out of the bottom of this guy. <laughs> or it's the top weird because in movies and TV shows and like when things like that happen because you know it's fake – you kind of like, oh, okay. But if it were, to, if it were to really happen, of course, it would be just completely disgusting. But <laughs> I can get away with, with, um, oh, that's not that bad. Like even when I, you watch like True Blood or stuff, where it's just like stuff is just spewing everywhere. <laughs> it's explosions and you're constantly. Like, you're like, ah, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it just looks. You know what? It's not even the visuals. It's, um, uh, it's the odor. Oh. Yeah. It, well, the smell of open entrails is not nice. I, would, I wouldn't assume it would be pleasing. <laughs> no. So, um, that's yeah. I guess they get used to it if you do this kind of job. But whoa. Yeah. And we find out here that in cases like these, they don't actually just sew the body together. They just kind of tie it off at both ends. At least at Fisher and Diaz, they don't. Now, you know, maybe somewhere else has a different approach. (laughs) All right. Maybe they use super glue. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So Nate finally gives David the book. And uh, in the book, David finds a picture of Lisa and gives it to Nate. And I thought, oh, God, we're never, ever going to be done with Lisa. (laughs) Nope. You sound like Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel her pain. (laughs) In the next scene, uh, the squeeze is Colin Keith poolside. And uh, Alan Ball actually says that this whole set here of uh, Roger's house is uh, Bing Crosby's old house, uh, apparently. Uh, Anyway, he wants to – Bing Crosby would have never (laughs) thought that (laughs) scenes like these would be taking place, but whatever. Uh, So anyway, uh, yeah, so – uh, the squeeze wants to discuss something and he actually kind of threatens to go back on their little deal sealed with apparently it was just a little a little uh, mouth action wasn't actually uh, you know a little blowy a little blowy yeah. <laughs> happy mouth fun time that's right yeah, happy mouth fun time <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's our expression <laughs> I'm so creeped out every time I see him <laughs> You know, and he's the type of person you can tell right away that he will not—he will hang things over your head and just keep, you know, asking, taking, and taking. Yeah, and turning the screws, and Mm -hmm. you know, blackmail, blackmail, blackmail. Mm -hmm. It's see, Keith should have made sure he got the thing in writing at the time of (laughs) Happy Mouth Fun Time. (laughs) By the end of this. Job. Yeah, while well, I'm doing <laughs> you it, you, you start writing it out, and when you have your orgasm, that's when you sign. <laughs> uh, 
so the gallery owner is going into real depth about Claire's work <laughs> to uh, Nicole Richie, who seems to be just kind of staring blankly. Um, or maybe that's just her normal look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> She yearns for the more simple life, I think. Uh, yeah. She- <laughs> <laughs> like, where's Paris? I'm so confused. I know. They should add Paris in here, too. <laughs> yeah, um, that's like she was somebody. Nicole says, it reminds me of paper dolls and bad relationships and, and the lies that stupid people say. <laughs> Sorry if I stole somebody's quote. I thought for sure Claire was going to go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess not. She had to be really pretentious too. <laughs> she wants to see more, and the gallery owner says Claire is actually working on more. To probably to Claire's surprise, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we finally meet this Maggie that we've been talking about off and on since we've met George. Um, she's played by Tina Holmes, who originally read for Bettina's daughter, Marcy, and they liked what she did, and they invited her back to play Maggie. Um, anybody? She looks familiar. I couldn't look her up because I didn't know her name. Yeah, um, you don't need to look her up. Uh, she, did you watch Persons Unknown? Yes, I did. She played Moira, actually. Oh, <laughs> she looks so different. Yeah, yeah. That's that, probably like her biggest so thing that, besides this show. I loved that show. <laughs> She's guested on things like Grey's Anatomy and I don't know. Yeah, I probably saw her there. But anyway, um, so Maggie is here. She's a pharmaceutical rep, and uh, she uh, talks about how much doctors love to see her. Moira, do you love to see your pharmaceutical rep? <laughs> um, I have a couple I like, and I have a bunch that I kind of don't really talk to a whole lot. <laughs> well, I make well, them deal with my nurse because they will talk your ear off and they always come in the middle of the clinic, and frankly, I'm trying to earn a living. So, <laughs> but she was right about how like the doctors give out the uh, the samples to people who you know can't afford the prescriptions. <laughs> I know, because yeah. like, I don't have medical insurance, and sometimes when I go to the doctor, they'll be like, "Oh, here, let me just give you these samples," and that I don't have to write yeah. you a prescription. I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> That's samples true, awesome. and even in good old Canada, yeah, I do tend to favor the people that don't have. Uh, drug coverage and try to give them little little stockpiles when I can. Um, so she gives George uh, something for his stomach that he actually doesn't really need, but maybe for later. Ruth it was a- antibiotics. No, she, was, yeah, she gave him oh, an antibiotic. Sorry. Which was the, and they talked about potassium iodide, which yes. Yes. which I wrote in my notes. I said, okay, so clearly this is some kind of long-standing issue. His obsession with yeah. the end of the world is not new, which is what we've been suspecting, but not. Yeah. This is our proof of it, right? Mm. So that got me more and more worried that. Um, Maybe Stephanie was right. <laughs> Maybe she yeah. was actually mentally ill. Exactly. As soon as um, she, he told her you could get it on the internet now, and she's like, well, that's convenient. And I was like, oh, crap. Up until this point, Robin, other than last time when, when you were talking about being worried about George's level of obsession, which I kind of think was informed by the fact that you knew what was coming next because, you know, okay, what I'm trying to say is up until then, even when he was getting a bit obsessed with the bomb shelter, I was still chalking that up to him just being this intense, quirky kind of guy because I think mm-hmm. he gets on a rampage about different 
causes that he takes to his heart and he runs with them and then he moves on to the next cause. At least that's my impression. But this is the episode where I think, oh, okay, there's actually something much more chronic and and sinister going on here. I thought the exact same thing, Moira. Mm. Are you saying I spoiled you? Yeah, a little, but that's okay. Uh, but not like not, no, not in said, a bad way. Not really spoiled, no. but it just. But I wonder if that's why you were taking it more like, "Wow, this is really worrying me." Whereas I was just thinking it was quirky, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to kind of get away from the serial killer motif going on. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. We would have come to that conclusion ourselves that we were completely wrong, or I was completely wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm hanging up my earbuds. I have wronged you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't intentional. No, I think it no, was it more like no, it was, I think it was spoilery. I just think yeah, uh, it was opinion you know, spoilers. Opinion spoilers. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Don't fret. Don't fret, Robin. Don't be upset. Well, like Maggie says, let's not worry about today. We're okay today. Yes. And George, you can tell she said yeah. that before, can't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Fisher Cass is okay today as well. And then I <laughs> wondered why this girl did not show up when she married a, when he married a Ruth, because apparently she's been someone who's had to deal with him and caretake for him, you know, probably for most of her life. And why wouldn't she come to this? You know, that a marriage is. I mean, clearly it's a mental health issue. So a marriage is something huge that can totally screw up, you know, uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, right, Moira? Yeah, well, like, I, okay, I do. And I, I, think, I think the suspicion, my suspicion would be that he didn't tell Maggie at the time. Right. And oh, that okay. she's used to him um, doing some pretty uh, extreme behaviors Mm -hmm. so after the fact when he then says oh by the way i got married again she probably is at the point where she takes all of this in stride takes a deep breath and thinks okay dad how are you sounding you know she would go by how he sounded at the time okay that's what i back when they got married and he said that his kids didn't want to come or whatever um i took it that at face value because we weren't completely suspicious yet so i guess i never revised that thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm not sure if the writers knew yet um so yeah brenda uh still mad at nate uh, and uh, he's saying you know hey i want support and and she says, it's all I do. And mm-hmm. he's staring at a picture of Lisa, and Brenda says she can't compete with a dead woman. See, at least there's some passion in this relationship. Yeah. With Lisa, there was no real fighting because, you know, they were just so passive-aggressive about everything. Mm-hmm. And no, you know, there wasn't, like, arguments and everything. And sometimes you just need that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, we're back to uh, Maggie and Ruth and George. And Maggie talks about all the fun stuff George used to do for her and her brother Brian. Mm-hmm. And they went camping. He sang campfire songs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he they both sing a song together, which it seems like it takes George a moment to pull back from the cobwebs in his mind. <laughs> and uh, when George goes to the bathroom, uh, Maggie starts talking to Ruth about how George had to have uh, – had a huge beard at one time, like he w- walked out of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Maggie wants to know if there's any problems. And uh, Ruth is and, confused. 
and that's what I knew. It was, you know, schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, why? I, I just, I don't understand why she wouldn't say something. Clearly, George hasn't said anything. But, wow, that's really something Ruth really needs to know. That's not one of those things that's like, oh, that's George's, you know, secret. He'll have to tell you. This is something major that could like, <laughs> yeah. really affect her in a horrible way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it could be a life-endangering, you know, fact. But you're not going to tell her because it's not your place? I mean, I don't get it. What, what do you mean life-endangering? Well, you know, I mean, if he starts... You know, get it, if he's schizophrenic. You mean Maggie telling? Telling um, uh, Ruth. If she doesn't yeah. tell her and Ruth doesn't know and then mm-hmm. he like gets into a really bad place and he starts listening to the voices and the voices tell him to do bad things. Yeah, but most of the time, I mean, it is true. Yes, there are some schizophrenics that get homicidal, but most of the time that's not the case. But But your point is well taken. I agree. She... Um, she has an opportunity to know or to tell her, but I wonder again if it's just because Maggie's been down this road so many times, and mm-hmm. she thinks to herself, "I'll be here when you're ready to hear it," or "I'll be here when it becomes obvious to you something's wrong," or maybe Dad's taking his meds. Like maybe she feels like it's not her place to um, intrude on their privacy, and she doesn't know what her father has told or not told Ruth. I don't. Right. I don't know. It's hard to. Or she's just had enough and she's like, he's your problem now. And that's just, that's wrong if that's what it is. You know, (laughs) the fact that she doesn't even give Ruth a heads up Mm -hmm. about this major thing that is now going to affect Ruth. And you know what I mean? It's like if you, okay, it's not exactly the same thing. But, you know, say you knew that your friend was marrying a serial killer Mm -hmm. and the guy (laughs) didn't tell, you know, your friend. Which is true in my life. Yes, go on. (laughs) What? You know Mike Myers? I have. I've told my friend, I'm like, look, I do not like this guy. And when you guys break up or get divorced, I will say I told you so. (laughs) I said those exact words. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one thing if you just don't like the guy and you think he's bad news. But if you think, like, you know, there's a secret that big that the person needs to know for, you know. It's just, it's too major to not tell, you know? All right. I think they're just foreshadowing for yeah. season five, huh? huh? Could, be. Clearly, Could be. Clearly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, yeah, she gives her all her numbers and says, he trusts me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I definitely knew as a schizophrenia that way, you know, <laughs> it's like probably the one person who can, you know, talk him out of things or, you know, mm-hmm. be the anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, David and Keith are watching a movie and David is still nagging on about <laughs> whether he should go or not. He's wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. He Keith's wants to get to... the balls back. Yeah. <laughs> Keith's trying to watch the movie, but. Then he breaks that. All right, you know I'm going to go with you, and you know if you're you're not you're you haven't been honest with me. So when you say you're fine, so I'm just going to go with you, and you know. And that's so, what I love, Keith, yeah. in that moment when he mm-hmm. said that you know no I'm going with you because I didn't listen to you when you know I was on the road and you said you're fine, mm-hmm. and so this time I'm not going to listen again. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Um, we have a quick scene of Stalker Rico outside the, his <laughs> old house watching his children and his wife. He's been taking lessons from Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Claire can't sleep. She's stressed. Anita tells her the deal. And then she, she gets cares. on AIM with Billy. She says, quit sucking weed and lie down. That was great. <laughs> but she couldn't sleep because she, she felt Russell's eyes on her probably. I must take I issue. She felt guilty. <laughs> I doubt but it. I doubt it. I must take issue that both Billy and Claire changed their screen names since we. I last noticed saw that. Show. I was wondering if you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. What was what was Claire's screen name? Because I didn't even notice that. I saw Billy's. Billy's. We'll start with Billy. Was Mister Chen one hundred six, and he used to be Billy Batty. <laughs> uh, now he's like a respectable teacher, though. Yeah. Claire is just boring C. Fisher 220, whatever that means. She used to be <laughs> I. C. Dead People, which is awesome. <laughs> she yes. really does. Maybe uh, her birthday is February 20th. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so Nate has a his dreaming of Lisa at the beach and who might have been there with her. And um, yeah, he comes down and says, hey, this shirt and this photo is... It was a shirt that she bought a week before she died. And uh, this picture is taken at the beach where she went missing. So mm-hmm. I need to find out what's going on. Um, I need to get up to see Kayla and ask her about this. It was it was a photo sent from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brenda's tired of Nate going a little cuckoo. And... Uh, but uh, yeah, Nate, Nate says, I'm going to bring Maya to my mom's. And she says, why would you do that? We're living together. Seriously, Nate, stop being a dick. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he apologizes and says, I have to do this. So, and here's where I hop on board the Nate train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so uh, the Blue Fairy. Uh, is talking to George on the sun porch. And oh, I was trying to figure out what you were talking about. The woman in turquoise she's built oh, as. The, I okay. like to call her the blue fairy. His hallucination. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is she? <laughs> oh, she's a hallucination, all right. <laughs> seem to see her, so I'm going to say she must be. <laughs> or she's a ghost that only George can see. Ghost, maybe? Um, yeah, so she's talking about the poison she's in the, the air. She's Michaela's real mom. <laughs> <laughs> the chemicals in the rain, and she says that their days are numbered. There's no hope. And George is just protesting against this. You know, it's like, um, it's kind of sad watching him. And then we see him from Ruth's point of view, and uh, it's, it's just even sadder, I think. It, you know, it really is sad because the the distress that he's feeling is genuine. If you think about it, if you can imagine not knowing that that what you're seeing is comp- is not real, not realizing it's not real, having this negativity thrown at you all the time, so you have to battle it all the time. I mean, it would be exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a horrible sh- it's a horrible disease. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure when Ruth walked in, you know, he would kind of. S- Notice her and snap out of it, but he didn't. He kept talking. No, and he was clearly having a conversation with somebody, not just right. talking to himself. Like she said, you know, she asked Brenda, "What, what does it mean when someone started talk, talk, talking to yourself?" But uh, to me, talking to yourself is a little bit different than that. You know, a little less. Uh, this was an actual conversation yeah. where you were carrying on a conversation 
with somebody only you could hear, you know, and they were just answering you and they were there. I think if you witnessed that, it would give you chills. Uh, yeah, totally. totally. It really, yes. really would. Then I would think it was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I, the other thing I wanted to point out about this scene, and of course the first scene is um, just at, behind the woman in turquoise through like the shaded window. It looks like it's still like just apocalypse. And the way like the lighting is in this scene, it looks like, you know, they're in the middle of some sort of apocalypse. And then when you switch out to where Ruth's looking, it doesn't look that way at all. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Yeah. yeah. It's good to go back and look at, um, I it's will, just hazy, hazy yellow. Um, it's just kind of scary looking. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kenneth's ex, uh, the, the ex-wife is sitting alone and asks Rico to sit with her. And she can't stop thinking about how he died. And neither can Des. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh- <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> it says that they weren't close anymore. They they hadn't been married for about 15 years. And uh, and that she's decided she's going to bury him with the rest of her family. Rico says family is family and divorce doesn't change that. And then <laughs> I threw up all over the intake room floor. <laughs> she says when people get into your heart and he says they stay for good. And then I threw up more. <laughs> it was the worst. It was the worst. Oh, I kind of liked Rico in this You know one. what? I love that line just because yeah, I, I think it's Rico. true. Obviously, uh, he's working through his own issues, but he's well, also clearly. being a good uh, person. Like, he's being innate. <laughs> for this yeah, moment. I mean, not related to Rico so much, but I'm just saying in general, in yeah. real life. Yeah, it's true. When people get in your heart, they don't, they don't leave. They stay there. That's true. Sometimes they do. Des, you'll always be there. Just so so you know, even if I don't, if I'm not always there, you'll always be there. All right. So (laughs) we have my heart's melting. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna run and get some ice quick. (laughs) (laughs) She's just our phone calling Maggie. Ruth's on the phone calling Maggie. She's worried. And then we see uh, David checking into the prison, seeing the correction officer looks kind of like looks like Jake. You know, obviously he sees Jake, and then but he hold, heads wait, in. But notice he goes alone. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, it's so interesting. You know, he didn't tell Keith he was going. Clearly, mm-hmm. I mean that took guts too. In a way, I admire it, but. A part of me goes, but wait, you have this wonderful partner who wants to help you, and you won't let him. Yeah. Maybe he just thought, you know, if I'm going to get over this, I can't lean on anybody about it. Yeah, maybe. I just think it's interesting. He, he yeah, choked definitely. his own. So Claire and Anita are in the bathroom of this art gallery, and they're doing some yeah. coke. She yeah. says it makes you feel really important for 20 minutes, and Anita insists on being <laughs> the keeper of the coke. <laughs> and, hmm. uh, yeah. They go downstairs and Claire just takes it all in while Anita rushes into the, you know, bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how quickly she became an expert at Coke. Because, <laughs> like, she said she'd never done it before. And the first time, yeah, she took a little sniff. And the second time they're in the bathroom, she takes a little sniff. Then she rubs some on her gums, you know. I'm like, yeah. she's been watching some, some, you know, how-to videos or something. Yeah, maybe some <laughs> movies. I, I would probably know how to do it from the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now we have the, uh, Rico, Vanessa, um, convention, Geneva con- convention between them. <laughs> Is the TV at the, um, food, uh, Dia's house 
ever off? <laughs> no. Those kids have that TV on constantly. <laughs> they must be the most ADD kids ever. Oh, that was that was the previous scene. We're talking about when Rico and Vanessa sit down. I together. know, I know, but I forgot to mention it earlier. Oh. <laughs> when Stalker Rico was looking through the window, and once again, the kids are in front of the TV. Yeah. Poor kids. They're just homes like that. The TV never goes off. Uh, irked me so much. That was like my house when I grew up. The TV was always on, even though no one was watching it. The TV <laughs> was just noise. on. That drives me crazy. My parents have the TV on all the time when we come over there, and I'm like, turn off the damn TV. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just annoying. You can uh, come to my house, Jess. It's not like that here. <laughs> yeah, I don't turn my TV on until, you know, I'm going to watch something. And then it's off. And my children have a limited amount. Well, Skylar, you know, she doesn't watch that much TV anyway. But Gavin has a limited amount of TV he watches. And I do not believe in having TVs in my children's bedroom either. No. Because no. No. All right. No. All right. All right. <laughs> now we're getting into major, like... Parenting tips. Come on. Let's get back to Rico and Vanessa here. (laughs) What did you guys think of this scene? Did you feel bad for either of them? I felt bad for Vanessa more than Rico. Yeah. Because, you know, he's the one who was, you know, pissed away the marriage. And he was cheating on her. He was, Mm -hmm. you know. Think Vanessa should have gave him another chance? You know what? I don't, but I don't think I. I really thought that I was surprised by Rico. I was surprised that he was, you know, owning up to it and that he mm-hmm. seemed extremely sincere. But I also was not in the least surprised that he expected to move back in because he apologized <laughs> sincerely. Moira, what did you think? Um, I thought. Well, I thought he was sincere as well, and I thought. If I can put on my sort of being kind to Rico hat for a minute. Um, we we said all along, he got completely mesmerized by this woman. He's been very inexperienced. I'm not forgiving what he did, but I'm saying that he made one gigantic mistake. Mm-hmm. And I suppose he turned toward this other person partly because of, you know, the depression Vanessa had gone through, blah, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. But he made a, gig- a gigantic mistake. He's owning up to it. And I suppose if she still really loved him and if she weren't in a headspace where she was enjoying her newfound freedom and realizing uh-huh. that, you know, she'd only ever known one man in her life and, hey, maybe there's more out there. I mean, if she were in a different headspace, there would have been a possibility at that moment for that marriage to get re-knit, I think. Uh-huh. So yeah. I actually have some compassion for Rico at that point. I, I get what you're saying. But, like, when I when I left my husband, I said, let's separate you know for a few weeks or so see how we feel because I just you know I I wasn't he was just you know not a great guy but anyways I got out away from him and then I realized wow I'm so much happier and Mm -hmm. so he wanted to come back, and I was like, no, no, no. But see, I so, think that's what's happening for De- Vanessa, that she's yeah. – and so I have compassion for her here, too, because I believe her when she says, look, I'm not just screwing with you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm telling you honestly, this is how I feel. So I actually yeah. felt compassion for both of them. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really I did. did. I did a little bit, except for Rico expecting to come home just because he was apologizing yeah. sincerely. <laughs> yeah, well, was, you know, that's, that's wishful easy. thinking. I mean, but, to, yeah. but again, to be fair to him, if you'd made a mistake in your marriage and you wanted to 
knit it back together again, that would be your goal. So I can't really begrudge him that. I mean, I think for him right. to think they could move in right away is ridiculous. But yes. yeah, I, I get what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, no, I did. I felt I felt for both of them. I thought it was a really it was a really sad scene. Yeah. But I'm also glad we've got a resolution to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. I thought they might have. I thought they might have worked things out, but. You know him, him trying to move back in right away. You know, I, I, I knew she'd shut him down there, but I thought maybe she would say, you know, let's stay apart. I'll work on trusting you, blah blah blah, yeah. and they would work it out. So I was a little bit surprised that she didn't, you know, wanted a divorce and everything. You know how I would have, how I would have brought it if I was Rico. I'd start off with a, "Hey girl, okay. <laughs> I know I messed up." I just, I just want to be friends with you. Just let's just let's just spend some time together. You know, let's let's know each other again. You know, you know what I'm saying, girl? Hey, girl. You know. Then, then immediately panties would be down, and you know. Has that worked for you before, Robin? It works every time. No, no. Yeah. I mess up a lot. No. And, the, and then, Robin, would you say, I sent a bottle of sparkling apple juice to your house? Did you get it? <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, a bomb goes off outside the window and he wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, we're, we're back in jail here, and Jake is brought in. Yay. And uh, he doesn't even know who David is for a moment. <laughs> wow. And then he yeah. says he looks wow. good compared to everybody else I see. And he starts oh. talking about how terrible detox is and hopes that David brought him something. <laughs> wow. no, he is I a real you. piece of work. <laughs> yes. yes. David wants an apology. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that David went because, <laughs> you know, I think that seeing him in that situation and how truly pathetic he is yes. really took that power away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, he wants an apology over him for so long, and then yeah. this is what he sees when he. Ugh. Yeah, loved it. Oh, gosh. And it, it's just he's so he's completely he's such like I don't know he's a mentally ill person himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Saying all this stuff about how you know he brought all this stuff on himself, you know, because he was scared of the body in the back of the van and <laughs> made it all about him. Yeah. <laughs> And then he says, you're not the one who sits in a jail when he doesn't have to. Or I'm not the one who sits in a jail when I don't have to. Visit any time. Take me out to lunch when I get parole. I'll probably be <laughs> <Yeah>. busy. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, Claire, meanwhile, is running the room, talking to everyone about her art. Russell is standing in the background. Stalking her. <laughs> he was like every time you like went back to the uh gallery, he's like looking at her from like the balcony or <laughs> around like paintings and stuff. It was crazy. He's taking pages from the old Billy Chenoweth playbook. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And he almost looks like a stalking ghost the way he, with his beanpole body and his stupid ugly stringy hair. <laughs> His hair pulled back with a bow tie. Pirate. Funny. In the bathroom, her and Anita do a little more blow, and Anita says that she should probably uh, do some blow with Jimmy to kind of thank him for the whole art gallery thing. But sure. Uh, 
Um, outside in the gallery, Ruth runs into Brenda with Maya. And uh, Okay. Did I, you notice that Brenda fixed that child's hair? She had details. <laughs> And it was like, oh, finally, she's not just wearing the mullet. <laughs> you know what I was thinking that that the little actresses or actors, whatever, who who play Little Maya, they they clearly genuinely like Rachel Griffiths because yeah. they're yeah. cute together. Yeah, that kid looks so bored. <laughs> I felt bad for her. It's probably the fifth take, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a gallery. It's a little boring for a small child like yeah, that. That's believable. Yeah, she's. She's acting! <laughs> so what did you guys think of uh, Brenda and Ruth finally having a conversation this season? <laughs> it's like the first one they've had, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little awkward, but yeah. not totally terrible. They talk to each other about sudden things. Sometimes okay. it's uh, not always the best. Sometimes it is. And I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought yeah. Ruth, Ruth was kind and uh, again, genuine and one thing about Ruth, she's gotten a, a little bit less shrill. Yeah. Which is sort of nice. Uh, she she pr- she was kind of accepting her, but not like straight out accepting her, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. I saw this great interview on the uh, season four uh, disc, and, uh, and it was with all four of the Fishers, and... I really was – I tried hard to rip it so I could just put it on the Facebook group. You know, I was like, eh, it's just an interview um, because, like, they're all pretty awesome with each other and, and uh, you know, support each other. And Frances Conroy is definitely, like, a lot – it's like she's like Ruth, but she's totally, like, chill Ruth. It's really fun. <laughs> I, I, if I get an opportunity to – put it in the group i will but it just it, it did not code well so did you look on youtube yes it's not out there hmm. it's not out there i tried it was an interview with bob costas it was, it was pretty good it was like 15 minutes but uh oh, probably if you do have the discs and you're a newbie i think it's pretty spoiler free it's not even they they talk about the show and just being on the show not things that happen in season five or anything so anyway um yes uh, ruth asks uh, brenda about what does it mean when a person talks to himself and see mm-hmm. where that goes um billy well uh, no and i assume that they then subsequently have a conversation that we don't see yeah i would assume so too yeah. because brenda really likes her new um therapy powers and <laughs> the psychobabble speak With therapy voice yes i seriously like the whole episode just t- past couple episodes actually just any conversation she's having with nate it sounds like a therapist you know um, well he kind of needs one so <laughs> yes. Yes, but i don't know if she would be the right person it's good <laughs> that uh oh absolutely it's good. We actually find out in this episode that David's been seeing the therapist, so that's good. Uh, he's needed that. But uh, yeah, in the next scene, uh, we're still at the gallery. Uh, Billy is uh, asking why none of Claire's pieces have names. And she says she doesn't want to tell anyone what to see. <laughs> Which uh, now we know this, the reason why this episode is called Untitled. Um. Mm-hmm. Claire admits to Billy that she has no idea what they mean. And he <laughs> says, I know, isn't it great? I uh, love that because it feeds into everything Des complains about in terms of how pretentious artists are. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know it's all bullshit. No, it's actually quite yes. funny. Yes, that's the, you know, and I really like that she admitted that instead of trying to be pretentious again. Yeah, it's cute. Um, meanwhile, the squeeze is trying to put the squeeze down on Keith about uh, hiring him as a bodyguard. Keith says he'll think about it, but he wants that lawsuit to be over. And then we meet Steve. Nice. Yes, gratuitous male nudity. That was good. It was, it was much needed. <laughs> Um, Don't you agree, Robin? <laughs> I was so impressed that uh, when he dove in the pool, we got to see uh, Sack back. Um, <laughs> appreciated that. <laughs> and after Keith sees it, he says, I'll give it serious consideration. <laughs> um, so another person has shown up, Olivier. Oh, uh, <laughs> And we get this uh, kind of uh, final scene between them. The, the, the you know, he, she's not a student anymore. She's now become the master. Uh, he's, she's competition now, and uh, now she's got success. Now she's going to be corrupted, and no one wants to be a saint. And then, of course, the work suffers. I actually enjoyed watching him prick at her a bit because yes. she's being such a bitch this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That I somebody needed to bring her down a peg. Yes. Ugh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then he toasts her with shitty wine and <laughs> walks away. Uh, Margaret meets the fruit of Nate's loins. <laughs> <laughs> and Margaret says, I don't think she likes you very much. And Brenda says, Margaret can't help but make us feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> and everyone should lose an organ. It's so liberating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Margaret asks Claire to do her art for her and uh, Olivier, but mix the pieces up. Okay, and didn't you just assume, I assumed, that when they were doing, if they were to do that shoot in the future, they're both going to be naked during it. Yes. Probably in a sexual position. Yes. Yes. Maybe in the doggy style, because that's how we're used to seeing them. (laughs) And and poor Claire would have to film it. (laughs) Um, I thought the same thing. (laughs) After Margaret goes away, you know, she hugs her and calls her brilliant. Uh, Claire is standing there with Brenda and Maya, and then she excuses herself. Now, I, I had a, look, a little observation here that when I first saw this, I mean, it looks she gets she's looking a little bit more jittery. So perhaps she's yeah. kind of fiending for some more coke. Mm-hmm. But I thought she was feeling also pretty awkward talking to Brenda. Because uh, she has some feelings for Billy, maybe. Right. Um, so, so, echo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she oh, looks like go. she as yeah. she's walking away, and and but she's sort of pacing and she's speeding up. She looks like she's about to have a freakout. I was expecting her to have a freakout around mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know where they were going. The way they filmed it, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I didn't know where they were going with that. I thought, okay, we're leading up to something, and then it kind of doesn't go there. It's weird. Yeah, Jimmy kind of stops her, and then she's back to what she was like before, really. Yeah. Um, Snapped her out of it. Yeah. She, oh, she doesn't even think of he He got her in the gallery. That's major, you know? Yeah. yeah. He, she's oh, such a bitch. Now, when he storms off, she says, fuck you then. Fuck you all. Fuck you. <laughs> it's going to work for you, sir. Oh, I think if he grabbed hour. Anita, like, I'm going to take her instead of you. <laughs> yep. So, 
Nate pulls up to the house and he finds Michaela swinging all that by ghost, herself. Ghost, Michaela. I have a question. <laughs> Where do they live? They live a few hours up the road because they took the kid to Legoland. Uh, it's the parents who live elsewhere. Idaho or something. No, that's where the mom and dad live. Uh, okay, because I was like, there are palm trees in the background. And- <laughs> I remember she was, because Lisa was driving up the yeah, coast. Yeah, Lisa here. was driving there. Okay, I thought they lived Because he like, got on a plane and everything. I thought he went to uh, Barbara and Hoyt's house, but I guess he went to the parents' house. Yeah, the parents' homestead. Okay, I got confused by that. But I did notice Ghost Michaela right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, who is looking very ghostly, just sitting there swinging on this lonely <laughs> swing. And uh, he asks her about the picture, and she says, <laughs> Talk to my dad. I happen to know right where he is, because I'm a ghost. <laughs> oh, creepy. That's ghostly. Claire uh, yells at Russell and is telling him to let it go, and like everything comes out here. Uh, she calls him out on screwing Olivier. She call he calls her out on screwing Edie, and they were together then, and blah blah blah. And then boom, abortion, and that gets really loud. And yeah. Billy comes to break it up, and Russell just kind of throws himself against Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was watching this going, okay, just Ben Foster and um, um, Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy Sisto next to each other. Jeremy Sisto is like a man. Ben yeah. Foster is like this little boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he just keeps saying, this needs to stop. This needs to stop. This needs yeah. to stop. <laughs> yeah, and Russell's like trying to shove him and everything. And yeah. and um, and Billy's just like, you know, gives him a little a little shove, like no effort at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so after that, Claire's pretty darn impressed because she says, take me home. He's our knight in shining armor. Ugh, barf. <laughs> Total barf. <laughs> but, you know, seeing the two men like that... Mm. I would definitely go with Jeremy Sisto, too. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. definitely the better catch in, out of those two. Well, she's already had Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Russell and Stringy here, but... He's better medicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Russell probably needs some medication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, we go back to Hoyt's uh, office, and can I just call to attention the close-up of the family picture as we go into the scene? Did you guys With notice this? Kayla? It is really, really scary. <laughs> like, freeze-frame yeah. it. I might post that picture. I mean, because, like, the Hoyt and Barb are looking like, happy family, and the twins are kind of like, hi, we're here, but we're creepy. And then Ghost <laughs> Michaela is like wide eyes and looking off. She's not even looking into the camera. And no one seems to be like acknowledging her presence in the picture. Because she was already dead. <laughs> when, when, um, I forgot to say, when Nate walked up to the house, right? Mm-hmm. And when he pulled up to the house. In his Thunderbird. Yes. I used to when he one. pulled up to the house, <laughs> I was, I was, Thinking he was going to go in there and say, Michaela, blah, 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 this picture, whatever. And it was going to be like that ghost story. And they were going to say, but Michaela's been dead for three years. <laughs> 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 well, again, Michaela really isn't even mentioned at all. <laughs> that doesn't no, come up. she's not. So I'll give you the play-by-play, and then you guys can tell me what you think. Um, we have uh, 
Nate asking Hoyt if he took the picture. He tries saying it was a couple of years ago, but uh, Nate calls him a fucking liar. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, what did you do to her? And Hoyt admits this is a place we used to go. We had an on and off thing before her and Nate were married. Lisa was intense. And uh, Hoyt calls Nate out on putting Lisa through hell. And he says there was more people in her life than Nate. People love Lisa. And uh, maybe she killed herself because of you. Uh-huh. And Nate says, no way. She would never leave. She she might she might um, leave me, but she would never leave Maya. She wouldn't do that. So I what, agree with that. What happened on that beach? And Hoyt wanted to have some time with Lisa, but she was done with him. And he sang her a song on his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but they went their separate ways. But he couldn't let her tell Barb. Ugh. Barb is no. on the stairs crying. He pulls a gun out and kills himself. Okay. Now, I'm assuming, even though he didn't really say it, that he was basically admitting to killing her. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes. Because otherwise, why would you pull a gun out and shoot yourself in the head yes. when you just cheated on your wife with her sister because you can get past that? I mean, you might not have a wife anymore, but hey, you're still okay. But, you know, killing her, you'll go to jail, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't come out and say it. But it was kind of stupid. <laughs> I really... Okay. You know how we didn't know what happened to Lisa? And I was like, oh, I gotta know what happened. And then I was like, okay, I'm okay with not knowing what happened. And how it's just one of those unsolved mysteries. And, you know, no one will ever know. And so I was really disappointed with this. I wanted it to just be one of those things that happens sometimes where you the, the case is never solved. This was a little too TV for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too TV like, oh, of course, you know, the brother-in-law was having an affair and killed yeah. her because she was going to tell mm-hmm. the wife. And, and he came and confronted him and he blew his face out. Well, I think you're part of a minority there because a lot of people who watch TV, who watch movies, they need a closure. They need to wrap up the loose ends. And, I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it ruins the show, Lost maybe, but sometimes, you know. For some reason, and I don't know why after four seasons of ridiculousness, I keep expecting Six Feet Under to be more realistic than just a TV show. You know, I expect them to do things more like what happened in real life. And I don't know why I keep expecting that, because they keep, not delivering. <laughs> but it's they don't do because it. I, I think this show is pretty, it's one of the realer shows out there. Strange enough, because they have these crazy things well, that happen. Yeah. They except do have for, some real moments. I was about to say that. Ghost, you know, all the, the their consciousness, ghost, and, you know, things like that. But I think the way they portray people and their reactions to each other, and there's a certain grittiness to it that, I quite like. Mm-hmm. But they keep having ridiculous things come out of nowhere that's like, oh, give me a break. That's kind of, you know, ridiculous TV kind of thing. That's They keep disappointing me. That's that's all. Other than that, you know, I, I expect... But you know something, as I'm thinking about this, but this does... In, see, in a way, this makes more sense. I mean, I had wondered whether Lisa was suicidal... But we kept getting stuck on, you know, she loves her daughter. Why would she leave her? Uh Uh I don't know if we said it then, but we were thinking. Anyway, 
So in a way, if you really look at this objectively, it does make a hell of a lot more sense. This, this at least explains uh-huh. how it all happened. And Hoyt's not the brightest pencil in the box. And he, um, I guess, had this passionate thing for Lisa the whole time. So just because, you know, that was playing out behind her backs doesn't mean it couldn't have gone south. I mean, yeah, you're, you're playing your guitar for her. Yeah, probably over her dead body. You were playing this guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, I think they fought and she fell or hit her head or whatever. And he tossed the body in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm, it was still just a little too TV-tastic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of mixed on this, uh, and I I love riding the fences always between you two. Uh, <laughs> I will say that I really love the scene. I love the acting in this scene. I yeah. especially loved Nate trying to get the answers, and um, and just he's at the end of his rope, and this is this is uh-huh. it. You know, he's got to find out, and uh, and there's so much emotions at play. Like he has to stop for a moment to keep himself from crying. There's this the thought of Lisa killing herself because of him, or the fact that you know all this stuff was going on behind his back. Um, I, I found it, um, and then just to, we were like just getting to the answers of it all, and uh, and then it's just too much, and he kills himself. So, I, I just found the whole scene like if you just took it out of everything, I would I would find it really really great and uh, really well mm-hmm. done. But there's also the fact that again, this is all stuff that's happened without us knowing and it feels kind of like a cheat like they wanted to put a bow Uh on it and they couldn't figure a way to do it and they just were like all right here's a bow we'll try to write it the best we can (laughs) Uh yeah you know i start to wonder about the whole freaking process of tv writers because earlier we alluded to the fact that when george first came onto the the scene in the beginning of season four his character was not well formed yet and they weren't quite sure what direction they were going with him and i started to think are all television shows this lazy in the sense of you guys can't map it out and freaking know what your story arcs are come on i'm pretty sure that they do map it out but then too many cooks in the kitchen the the non-writers get involved like no no you can't do that no no the people won't like that we've done studies about this formula works so stick to this i just think it would be a really cool thing to find out from the people in the know behind the scenes how Mm -hmm. these things really play out like at what point did they decide Mm -hmm. they would finger hoyt and he would be the killer you know yeah Yeah. alibal even says in the commentary that you know when they brought hoyt in like this actor was just supposed to be a background character, kind of, you know, uh-huh. he's there to support Barb. And right. Barb had so they and now lines. they make this whole thing, as you said, Robin and and Des, you know, they're tying up a neat bow. And so I'm trying to give here. I'm trying to say, okay, you know, maybe this makes the most sense in a weird kind of way. But it irks me to think, nah, they just threw that in at the end. Like, then why bother? Unfortunately, you know, yeah. it's like you have uh-huh. to like think of things from one way as. You, you, I mean, it's hard to think of this as a business and as a machine that runs and how they try to mm-hmm. keep up with the machine. Uh, I try not to think of that process as much as I like to think about, okay, how does this work as a story? So emotionally it worked for me, mm-hmm. but it was it was still felt a little bit like, where the fuck did that come from? It made me laugh with the how ridiculous it was, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I felt it was totally ridiculous. But the one thing that I liked was, because if we didn't get that, you know, what happened to Lisa thing, 
then Nate would never move on. And so mm-hmm. at least Nate can finally move on and we don't have to go back to the stupid Lisa storyline. And, you know, that's the only good thing about it. Or do yeah, we? that's probably the very yeah. best thing about it. Yeah. But as, as much as we're talking about how, you know, convenient the ending became, I, I think I love Peter Krause. I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And even like uh, being around Barb and Hoyt, they made him out to be like so pathetic, such a loser. And just like because of what he did with her ashes and, and all this stuff, we're going to take um, my away from you and you're just, you know. And in a way, he was kind of justified in the end. Justified, but then... <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong podcast, sorry. But, like, even though how utterly morbid it was at the end, I was just like, oh, now he can, like, exhale, and now he can, like you said, move on. Yes, yeah. because God knows all those issues have been put to rest. Yeah. Really? You're going to quibble about her ashes when your husband killed her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, and she's not going to fight for custody anymore. I mean, her no. husband's a murderer, you know. Yes. But the whole, the whole, um, how it is all wrapped up in that one little thing that just kind of came out of nowhere to me still ridiculous. But her acting too, because Robin, when you're mentioning how that scene played out, when they then the camera pans to see her sister sitting there weeping, that's yeah. just so heartrending too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a really powerful scene. Kills, your husband was having an affair with your sister and killed her. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. Plus your girl's yeah. daughter is dead. He probably, <laughs> that was probably Hoyt's first victim. Honestly, I'm really hoping that Michaela can move on to the other side at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that her murderer's been, you know, he's yeah. killed himself, yeah, she'll be okay. Speaking of, uh, Alan Ball says that on the back of the actor who plays Hoyt, his chair was a balloon filled with tomato sauce and watermelon set to explode when he uh. put the gun in his mouth. Mm. That was a great effect. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They said they only had to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's let's uh wrap this episode up here uh mm-hmm. we have rico setting things up in his room now he's moved in um he's making his uh he's putting his roots down in the fish house <laughs> oh, sure no. claire brings billy to her place and they uh they start uh, smooching shocker <laughs> <laughs> uh I'll, I'll just sidetrack real quick myra does uh happy sad I'm okay with it, actually. I've been yeah. uh, waiting for this to happen for a while, so I I don't I don't yeah. mind. Maybe he'll tell her to stop being such a drug-headed idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd I, be good. I don't, I don't know if I like them together so much, but well, this was clearly coming, so mm-hmm. you know, yes. I'm not at all surprised. And I'm we'll thinking. I'm thinking that responsibility um, will be. Uh, not into the weed as much. Yeah. I, I, man, I have like cobwebs of uh, memories from season five. All I remember is the finale. So I'm, I really, really don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. This will be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. So, uh, we go back to Hoyt and Barb's, the coroner's taking the body out. Police are talking to Barb. Nate's just kind of sitting there. Um, and Michaela is nowhere to be <gasps> seen. She ascended to her other <laughs> yes, where the, the swing is empty. 
Uh, Ruth wakes up to an empty bed and finds George sleeping on a cot in the bomb shelter. I can't go back, Ruth. This is where I live now. Oh, my God. I just watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes today, and when he said that, I was like, Caesar is home. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So that's where we kind of leave them. Um, And uh, it's... uh, Early morning when Nate comes home and when hugs. he's still bloodstained, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing his denim, you know. Bob did no, the I think same he thing. just got back in his car and went home. Yeah, that's yeah. what I assume too. Yeah. But but then he hugs his baby with blood all over him. I'm sure he cleaned his hands. <laughs> it's dry by then, and, and the denim is over it. Uh, anyway, so let's not ruin the moment. Come on. <laughs> Nate comes home and hugs Brenda and looks at his adorable baby girl and kisses her and Maya gives him the cutest look ever. She then, does. I'm not a fan of ch- children or child actors, but when he rubs her head and she looks up and like a little aw shucks, I was like, oh, this this kid's adorable. Alan Ball even gushed on the <laughs> commentary. He's like, I love that shot. <laughs> she thought he so had cookies. And Nate says, let's get married and have a baby. And they all embrace. And then... Fate white. Thunder starts. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, and you know what? I'm thinking, oh God, it is the fucking apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have David here waking up to this thunderstorm. And he finds the best guy in the world standing, smoking... Okay. And uh, he's uh, standing outside. I don't know what the is it like a patio or something like that. Yeah, balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says he's proud of him. And David doesn't think he changed anything. And uh, Nate Senior says the point's right in front of your face. Let go of your pain. Infinite possibilities, and all he can do is whine. And uh, I just love these lines. I just wrote them word by word. <laughs> Sorry. It's like what can. What what should I do? You can do anything, you lucky bastard. You're alive. What's a little pain compared to that? Love that line. And um, David says it can't be that simple, but Nate Sr. challenges him. What if it is? And then we fade to white. Yay! Season four. Yay, Yay. done. Thank you, Nate Sr., for that bit of wisdom. David needs someone to kick him in the ass. Hmm. Okay, so uh, we will uh, take a break here and listen to uh, a promo from our friends at the West Wing Podcast. I'm Anna-Sophie. I'm Maggie. I've just started watching the West Wing. And I've been obsessed with the West Wing since the moment the pilot aired on September 22nd, 1999. Come watch with us. As we make our way through the presidency of Josiah Bartlett and Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing. Uh, And we're back. And uh, we're now moving on to our Fisher of the Week segment, in which we pick our Fisher family member who's our favorite this week. And I must tell you, Kim, we actually have inducted some new Fishers since you last were here. Mm -hmm. We have Keith, who's now a part of it, and George. Oh, okay. And Yippy, the do- the deceased dog, if he ever shows up. 
So I'll ask you first, uh, do you have a Fisher of the Week this week? And you can't answer with no. Nate. <laughs> Nate. Nate's my favorite. Why is that? Um, well, again, like I said, he, he, he's got his closure so he can get on with it. Um, I think it's because of process of elimination because I cannot pick Claire ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Ruth, uh, she's okay. She didn't really do much. She kind of just sat back and took it all in. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Nate was really proactive and because and, he's just been so tortured this entire season with, with everything with um, Lisa. Mm-hmm. And so he, he got his conclusion. Plus, I think, again, like I said earlier, Peter Grass is such a great actor. He went through, like, every emotion. And, you know, I, uh, what's her face? The sister. Barb. Why can I remember? Barb, yeah. She honestly talks down to him like he's just the biggest friggin' moron that's ever lived. And I'm just like, ugh. Ugh. And so at the end, she's like, yeah, You're the moron. <laughs> you didn't even know that your husband was sleeping with your sister. Take that. So, Boom. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, uh, um, Nate's my favorite from this episode. Awesome. Moira? Okay, I, um, I had to try to choose between David and Nate, because for me it came down to being between the two of them, since they were both facing things this episode, and, um, and David also managed to face his demons and move on, but I'm going with Nate for pretty much the same reasons as you, Kim. I think... Mm-hmm. The acting was superb, but I think he had to follow this through. He had to see this through to the end, and he stuck to his instincts, and he just kept pushing till he got the answers he needed. And so for him at the end to envelop Brenda and Maya and make his new life gave me so much hope that season five is going to be such a better Nate <laughs> that, <laughs> that I just had to go with him. Okay. Uh, Des? Okay. Sure as hell wasn't Claire or George <laughs> at all, period. And not Ruth either, but I was, I was thinking Keith, but really he didn't do that much in this episode, so I couldn't pick him. And I was kind of... I think long- he did quite a lot, actually. Well, I... Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I, I was also kind of torn between David and Nate a little bit, but I think that... Um, I think I'm going to go with Nate because, you know, finally getting over this whole Lisa thing, you know. At first he was kind of a jerk, but once he was able to get that closure he needed, he could move on mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, stop being such a half-assed in the relationship with Brenda, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, dive in and... and be right again so hopefully this will bring us back to a more season one-ish Nate mm-hmm. so I'm going to pick him this time go full circle as we go into uh, season five with Nate <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean well a little bit older a little bit wiser but still more of a carefree Nate that's what I would like to see Yeah. Um, my Fisher of the Week is Nate Senior uh oh <laughs> seriously I'm oh, sorry but he had the best lines in this episode, and uh, he always has the best lines for a reason. He's awesome. 
so no Good shots. On you. No shots. Sorry, audience. Robin screwed it for you guys. <laughs> that alcohol back. Last time it was Robin's friend. This time it's Robin. I tell you. Uh, hey, I didn't pick George, so. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into uh, listener eulogies. Wow, I didn't mean to leave it on a down note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listener eulogies, our feedback. Yeah, we thank you guys for finally, uh, some of you finally getting a hold of us. Some of you uh, just, you know, showing your support and getting, getting, uh, sending us a message. And uh, some of you, Claire, who said you're going to send a message and never did, Claire. Um, <laughs> so, supposed to uh, remind her. No one's in trouble, Claire. But um, anyway, the first one's from Tammy and Dan, who I recorded with today. And uh, they actually recorded something for me while we after we recorded. So here's their feedback. Hey, FisherCast peeps. This is Tammy. I'm Dan. From I'll Watch That Movie. And we just want to send you in some feedback on the season four finale. We watched it last night and it was crazy. Yeesh. Um, first of all, what the F is going on with Claire and her drug use? <laughs> like, it's gone crazy. Well, you got to be cool. If, you, if you're, you know, an artist, <laughs> you got to be coked up and smoking pot all the time. I guess. And um, yeah, I guess I, if that's what you say. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you learn at art school. <laughs> Where to get the best coke from. <laughs> um, besides that, uh, the only other thing that I can think of, because I didn't actually take notes, um, is the whole thing with uh, Nate going and finding out what was going on with Lisa and the ghost witch showing him the way. So I was pretty excited about oh the ghost goodness. witch. I uh, shared that info with Dan. About <laughs> she's that. real. Uh, she's not or real. Or maybe. She's still. She's, no, the only she person still that, real? No. The only person that talked to her was Nate. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So she's still like she's still fake. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and and she like left Lisa's picture for him, or yeah. you know basically so he could find it in the book. And uh, I was like, maybe that's Lisa's spirit through the ghost witch, and then like trying to figure out like how she died. Maybe but- and, and <laughs> Michaela, maybe she was living at one point too, but she died. Maybe the dad like killed her too or something. Maybe. Oh my something God. Crazy. And now she's getting crazy. It's like that one movie with Kevin Bacon <laughs> and it like, Oh, anyway. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, so he goes and, uh, like confronts that dude and he still didn't really get an answer. Cause the guy denied killing Lisa the whole time, but then he shot himself and I totally freaked out and I knew it was coming. And I just like put my hands over my head and was like, no, 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 no. So, yeah, that was a bad episode to watch, like right before we're about to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then, but I did think that he found closure, obviously, because at the end, Yeesh. Tim and Brenda and little Maya are going to live happily ever after. Oh, and by the way, uh, Brenda's in the picture and Maya's hair still isn't brushed. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> we're out, Fisher peeps. And uh, we will hopefully hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Tammy must have missed the pigtails because there was definitely brushing going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the one episode where Des gives uh, Maya some hair cred. Um, <laughs> okay, so we have three emails here um, to get through. 
to get through. Thank you for emailing us, folks. <laughs> Robin hates you guys when you email, just to let you know. Moira yeah. and I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> so there, Robin. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have Missy, Brad, and Matt. Who wants to read what? Can I start with Matt? Sure. Okay. Hey, FisherCast. Well, we've reached the end of the worst season ever. <laughs> a season that saw an hour of television that makes the season one finale of The Killing look like the constant. <laughs> a season that turned fun, iconoclastic Claire into a pretentious dimwit, making googly eyes at the dullest character in the show's history. A season that gave Rico a storyline that confirmed the writers have no idea how a straight guy thinks. <laughs> A season with a new spouse so douchey, he made us yearn for the days of the ballbuster Lisa. <laughs> a season that had Nate moping a lot, even by Nate moping around standards. And it's all over. Hooray! To be honest, I haven't seen any of these episodes since they aired, excepting the one I watched when I guested. And I wonder if I'd like it any more now, but who knows? Anyway, some quick thoughts from what I remember of this show. Elevator Guy is one of my favorite deaths of the week. Yeah. Nicole Richie, yeah, that dates this episode. <laughs> uh, I remember liking this episode overall, maybe because I hated this season so much, and this finale felt like moving on from that. I think we can all agree the show is at its worst when the characters are perpetually navel-gazing. <laughs> Sorry for being one of those people who doesn't leave feedback regularly. I was raised Catholic, guilt runs deep in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt, so was I. That's why I can put the screws to you. Anyway, <laughs> I'll try to follow along with the last season as there are things in there that I enjoy. I assure you, I don't hate this show. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was only navel-gazing when Steve was on the screen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. That's, that was great. <laughs> um, we have one of, from Missy, and I actually just messaged it over to Kim. Did you get that, Kim? Oh, you gave me the longest one to read? Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, Robin. Hi, Maura. Hi, Jink Des. LOL. So, untitled, awesome finale, right? Let me start this by saying I did not remember that Hoyt killed himself, or Lisa for that matter. Well, that's because it didn't happen. So that was a pretty shocking turn of events. Actually, spent the entire episode saying, Oh, I remember this. And wait, this was the finale of season four? It feels like a finale, but for some reason, my brain didn't remember it was. Anyway, Ruth and George are in a spot of relationship trouble. Saying more would be spoilery if my memory serves me correctly. <sighs> Vanessa and Rico are getting divorced. Can't really say anything about that except poor Rico. Jokes. But seriously, wasn't it sad to see him trying to make a motel room homey? He wasn't in a motel room. Yeah, it wasn't the Fisher house. <laughs> On a happier note, Brenda and Nate seem to have got their shit together. Or should I say, Nate finally got his shit together. Either way, it looks like marriage and a baby are on the horizon for them. Aww. David and Keith seem to be in a good place. Keith on the brink of a new job, and David is moving past his Jake trauma. Hmm. Claire and Billy are, what, sleeping together now? Can't, to see, can't wait to see where this goes, winky emoticon. <laughs> Sorry. Boy, I hate to listen to anything Oliver has to say, but... Olivier. Olivier, sorry. 
Olivier has to say, but Anita, Jimmy, and Russell aren't liking the new Claire. And frankly, I don't like this drugged-up Claire either. She allowed to bask in the glory and all that, but she's acting like a, insert your choice of word here. (laughs) I love Nathaniel Sr. What a way to go. Sliced in half by an elevator. (laughs) Matt Malloy is back. Wait, who's Matt Malloy? The squeeze. The squeeze. And hey, that's the chick who guessed it on Gray's private practice and house, known to her family as Tina Holmes, LOL. So, Michaela is a ghost witch, right? I mean, come on, the innocent white dress, the annoying look she gave Nate when he was questioning her about the photo, and the ominous shot of an empty tree swing when they were carting her dead father off. Ghost witch for the win. LOL. Simone. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Michaela. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we have one more left. Thank you, Kim. And uh, Des, I believe you have this one. Yes, this is from our good friend Brad. Um, and it's the subject is Untitled or Nate Turns into Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> In Six Feet Underworld, Nicole Richie is a big time movie star. It's a madhouse, a madhouse. <laughs> Fun fact, Maggie is the person no one is happy to see at a party unless she's bringing pills. Her, quote, wacky anecdotes, end quote, have cooled many a hot happening and festivity. I bet she has a grip of cats, too. (laughs) (laughs) Russell is the worst. I forgot how loud keyboards were in 2004. What is he referencing? I have no idea. I don't remember keyboards. Keyboards? <clears throat> Maybe either. it was some music in the background or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Brenda is nothing but a walking plot device this episode, but so is Billy. In fact, there's a lot of convenient plot elements going around. <laughs> 5,000 points for Russell's ridiculous shove slash flail and run away. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he scurries out of the show now. <laughs> Who arranges and presumably pays for a funeral for someone that they haven't seen in 15 years? This woman is George Levels of Bonkers. <laughs> and, oh yeah, this part is I read this. Can Rico shoot himself too? <laughs> How big is that crazy bunker? You could fit a whole Dharma initiative down there. George did not know about it for months. <laughs> Who was the poor bastard that had to sit next to still covered in blood and remains Nate on the plane ride back? Shower and buy a new shirt, you disgusting psychopath. (laughs) See, he he got confused, too, about where they lived. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It was unclear. That's okay. (laughs) It was clear to those who were paying attention. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Brad. Thank you, everybody. What a way to celebrate uh, one year of Fisher Cast and have all you guys uh, write in. I appreciate it very much from the bottom of my heart. Me too. It's awesome. Thank you. Yes. And the bottom of my ice pit. Mm. <laughs> all right. So uh, we have our last rights, and then we can get the heck out of here. Um, so uh, let's go to our guest, Kim. And what would you think of the, any final thoughts uh, in your ratings system? scale well because i wanted to be on next season's finale which is not going to happen no i um 
Everybody <laughs> wants to be <laughs> I remember from watching the show, I think I said this the last time I was on, like I watched the entire show within a summer and I really get in when I watch TV shows, I get into them. So I was going around in this really funky depression for a while just because you draw off the characters and whatnot. And I, I got really upset in this episode, but also really happy because uh, a lot of progression finally, finally happened. However, it's just like all the characters in the show, they seem to revel in their depression. And when they actually have some sort of happiness, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and um, like, like even when you just said earlier, Robin, like when Nate came back and he's hugging Brenda and there's like, let's have a baby, let's get married. And then you said, oh, and then the thunder starts. I'm like, I didn't even see that. And I'm like, oh, my God. They were moving into a scene with thunderstorms that I just was transitioning. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to be a bad thing. No, it's not. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Opinion spoilers. <It's... laughs> I think they call that in writing pathetic fallacy, if, I'm, if I remember. <laughs> Correct. I remember correctly. And they use weather to do their foreshadowing for them. But anyways, long story short, for a finale, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, of the five seasons, I, I will say that this is probably my least favorite of all five. So you guys are not spoiling anything, but you guys are going to end on a good note with this entire next season. Yay! Yeah, so. I hope so. And things just, yeah. yeah. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> Opinion spoilers. Opinion spoilers. <laughs> Those are the worst spoilers of all. <laughs> and so, out of, out of 10, mm-hmm. also grading this episode on a curve because of the rest of the season, I would probably give it nine and a half severed body parts out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, who wants to go next? Your mom. Moira. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> Dear. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, echoing a lot of what Kim said, I uh, I felt like it was a, a relief for me because, yes, we had forward momentum. We got some closure. We got the end of the Lisa story. You know, Nate, stop being so crazy. Get out of your funk. David's done his confrontation with his attacker. I mean, there's lots of positivity there. So... Uh, I, I was left, even though some pretty horrific things happened, it still left me feeling light, light and, and, uh, hopeful. I guess that's my word. And yeah, I would have to agree. I think this season is probably the one I've enjoyed the least in a lot of ways. Um, so, uh, it was good. It was a good ride, I thought. And I liked it a lot. So I'm going to give it, um, actually a 10 out of 10. I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Lucky living bastards to quote your favorite person, Robin. (laughs) You know, if you really want, you could say, I just picked David (laughs) because it was David's imagination. (laughs) That makes you feel any better, but Nate's senior rules. (laughs) All right. So my mom's not here. So Des, can you go next? (laughs) I like to go last because then I can say, I agree with Moira. <laughs> but no, in the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually say some stuff this time. I agree I, with um, Kim. <laughs> yes, I agree with both of them. 
Uh, there were some things I I liked about this. I, I okay, I really did not like this season. I didn't like last season either, but I really didn't like this season because uh, you know last season had some stuff I didn't like, like the whole Lisa marriage thing and everything. But this season, even though Lisa was gone, we still had to just she was there all the time, and it was just so much to dwell on. Plus the whole. Thing with David and his, you know, uh, his adventure was just, I hated that. So I'm happy that we got to wrap up, like, David can get past this now, his, his scary adventure, and then Nate can get past the whole Lisa thing, so that's great. And Nate and Bridget are back together, so that's good. But I really did not like how like Steph said, contrived the whole thing was with Hoyt. That really, that kind of bugged me. So that loses some points there. Also, Claire is a total bitch lately, and (laughs) that annoys me too. So, and oh, and George is just getting more and more annoying. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 ghostly messages from beyond the grave. Awesome. Thank you, uh, season four, for uh, entertaining us. I'm I'm glad to close this. And uh, honestly, it's just uh, I think that's one of the flaws of the Six Feet Under series is the is the Lisa storyline, and then uh, the bringing it and you know bringing it to a close, but yet not bringing it to a close, and then dragging it out even longer. It was a good experiment, uh, <laughs> but um, some of the times it just got a little bit too much, and I can understand the frustration. So I, mm-hmm. I can say that uh, wholeheartedly. Like it, it brings me so much joy to watch this episode and see at least that storyline um, closed. As far as I know, season oh, five is you know, a bit it makes foggy. Me think back, back to the. Oh, season opener for four when Desiree and I were so convinced that this was all just a dream and that the Lisa marriage never happened. They should have listened to us. Uh, um, well, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, unfortunately, they don't listen to us. So, But uh, I'm glad to have the season behind us. Uh, I, I'm going to say I'm just going to quickly repeat what I said earlier about the whole summary of the whole thing is I was half like emotionally satisfied yet my brain was going <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to give it uh, the, the episode an 8 out of 10 glasses of shitty wine <laughs> you know the only thing I'm disappointed on and I don't think we're going to get wrapped up is that is the ghost Michaela thing because I'm <laughs> Pretty sure that we won't be seeing Barb and her ghostly child again. I mean, we may, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure we won't. Well, you know, uh, maybe business isn't settled for Michaela, and she <laughs> she'll have to come and give more messages. Yeah. All right, so let's bury this biblical beard. on the itunes we'd really really appreciate a a, a review a star rating we'd love it um please uh stop by and subscribe and of course if you're looking for um older episodes oh wait jess is going to tell you about that (laughs) never mind um they're not all on itunes i was trying to 
So. No, you can find them on fishercast.blogspot.com. Um, all our old episodes are on there, all the way back to episode one. A year ago. Um, yes. And you can visit us on Facebook. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com the way you have so kindly done this week and leave us your impressions and tidbits and ideas because we do love hearing from you. Claire. Kim, where yes. can we find you on the web? Um, uh, Redemption Cast, which I co-host with Robin. Uh, Potential Cast, which Robin is sometimes a co-host. <laughs> uh, there's probably some Lost Initiative. Actually, I know there is Lost Initiative episodes that are still floating around online. So if you're doing a Lost rewatch or feel like we're living Lost from a season three on, go ahead and listen to the Lost Initiative. That was a good time podcast, and yeah. Yeah, you guys should send uh, me a promo. For the Lost Initiative? Yeah, sure. <laughs> play it. <laughs> I remember how to do all that stuff. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Okay. For now. For now. For now. And Des, where can we find you on the web? You can find me on What's On With Steph and Des, where... Every other week in the summer, every week in you know TV time, we talk about what TV shows we're watching. Okay. What's on with what's on with seven dot com? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Moira taking Rico to a strip club to make him feel better, bringing, <laughs> bringing George and Ruth breakfast to the bomb shelter, keeping Anita from disturbing Billy and Claire, watering David's bougainvillea. And planning the big Nate and Brenda wedding to come. <laughs> Yahoo! I have so much to occupy me. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's, it's the season finale, you know. You got a lot to do. Uh, and of course, on Twitter at Moira Brown with an E at the end for efficiency. <laughs> yes, I am efficient because I'm typing into our face group group right now. Face as group we speak. group. Our group group, yep. <laughs> That's facegroupgroup.com. I just said dop. All right, it's not close to sing out. <laughs> That's it for FisherCast this week and this season. Next week and next season, <laughs> your homework is season five, episode one, A Coat <laughs> of White Primer. And uh, joining us will be our uh, good friend Illyrio, who we've been promising to you since that's my dog, and uh, we're hoping we can finally deliver him. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. Uh, (laughs) uh, Thank you again, Kim, for coming on. You're welcome, guys. And sticking and hanging out with me all night. As for Untitled, we therefore commit this episode and season to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Dust to dust. dust. Bye. Bye. One more season. (laughs) Did you ever see a man with no heart? Baby, that was me. Just a lonely, lonely man with no heart. Until you set me now I can breathe, I can see, I can just, I can feel, I can taste all the sugar sweetness in your gears. 
I can't breathe, I can't see, I can't touch. 